Hey, welcome to Instant Friends, the podcast where we introduce you to people in and around Orlando, show you Florida isn't so bad after all. I'm your host, Jordan Jones. With me, as always, is K Dot. Hey, Dot. You like that one? Mm, okay. Well, Kendrick Lamar already has it, so I thought maybe if I gave it to you, you'd want to start rapping or something like that. <laughs> we'll see. Uh-huh. I'll try again next week. So this week, uh, our guest um, is Mary Westfall. Yes. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. Just a little uh, introduction. So this is our episode 10. And uh, up to this point, it's kind of been all, uh, always like friends and people we know really well. And now it's kind of kicking off to actually interview style to people that we are. I and mean, we've, we've spoken a couple of times. I wouldn't say that we know each other super yeah, well. Yeah, we see each other almost every day. Yeah, but I, <laughs> but it's never any kind of like long right. extend uh, conversation. Um, and But one thing is I have asked you a couple of times about like what you thought about the podcast. Yes. And uh, you might think that's weird because once again, we don't know each other very well. I've asked friends and stuff like that and they've told me honest opinion what they think. Um, but. Just the reason I've asked you is because from unlike from me as an outside perspective, you seem like someone that's uh, super honest and, um, you know, well put together when it comes to, you know, like structure and things like that. And I feel like if I was going to ask you, you would tell me an honest opinion. Yeah. If you sucked or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, am yeah. I am I right about that perception? Uh, yeah. I mean, I particularly love podcasts because my dad was a sportscaster growing okay. up, a radio sportscaster. Mm-hmm. So my mom would wake us up in the morning at like three o'clock in the morning so we could like listen to my dad on the radio so I became kind of like obsessed with different voices and who has a really good radio voice mm-hmm. or who doesn't I don't have a great radio voice <laughs> but um I'm just intrigued by people that do because there are certain uh what's the word I'm looking for like uh nuances to like the way that people yes. speak yeah yeah well I mean I didn't know that so now I'm I'm even more uh like happy that I asked <laughs> you and you gave me a uh, good uh response but that being said, I also read your description of oh, your book okay. and it also had a, uh, a, at the last sentence was uh-huh. a uh, description of your personality. And you said you had, and I asked you if I, if I could read it and, and you can tell me how truthful this yes. is. Yes. So I've never, I don't know what it says. I've never <laughs> read this. And then Jordan messaged me to let me know that this existed. So yeah, well, I, well, but no, to be to be fair though, I asked first if you wrote it. Okay. Yes. Because. Yes, yeah. If you said yes, I was going to drop it and not bring it up. No, no offense. I was just going to be like, oh, okay, cool. And okay, like, that was it. Please enlighten us. To All right. So said. I'm not going to read the whole thing. The, you know, the whole first few, uh, you know, uh, sentences are like, you know, you gained a hundred follower, a hundred thousand followers. You're a blogger, vegan in your twenties, that sort of thing. Yeah. But well, the last which 20 is uh, interesting. Yeah, Definitely yeah, ex- false, but okay. okay. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but the last sentence is with her terrific personality and edgy hip style is your uh, main name, Matern. <laughs> Yes. Matern is poised to become the rock star of the millennial vegan world. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I definitely didn't. Was that in quotations or yeah, it was just no, a that, description? That was of, the last. That's the last. Oh, sentence. yeah, I definitely didn't write that. So, I mean, do you consider yourself edgy, hip? and uh, like, None of those things. OK, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. See that, it was just a you know perception. And you know, I wanted to read that to you. And let yeah, you yeah share. it's pretty interesting. I'm going to have to contact my publisher about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So we'll start at the beginning. Um, you said uh, you grew up in you were born in New Jersey. Born in New Jersey and grew up in New York, yeah, New York. on the border. So anytime anyone asks me, I just say New York because mm-hmm. it's just easier, and they make fun of me less if I say New York. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So I mean, so were you like always around food and stuff growing up? And like, because I mean, I feel like most people I talk to that, uh, for instance, like Christine or anyone else that kind of grew up in New York, they usually, I mean, because it has such a rich food culture, you're kind of like surround. It's you're kind of forced to be surrounded by 
so much great food. Yeah, uh, not so much. Okay. I grew up 40 minutes north of the city. Mm-hmm. So I would assume if you're in the city, definitely yeah. like Christine. Yeah. Uh, who you had on um, definitely grew up around food. But I grew up around cows and mountains okay. and like just grasslands. There was nothing. We didn't, there wasn't any like truly great restaurants where I grew up. Yeah, same. Um, but when I started going into the city when I was like 15, 16, it like, I mean, my whole world was blown away by the restaurants that New York City had to offer at the time. And that's kind of when I got introduced to veganism is at like 16. Okay. I went to a restaurant in New York City called Red Bamboo and it still exists to this day. It's a tiny little vegan spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Who took you there? Like what was, I mean, what was the incentive? I mean, because what what year that had to be? It was a very long time ago. (laughs) Okay. You don't don't say exact date. Um. uh, I actually don't even like math right now. I will okay. tell you, but That's fine. Um, it was an ex-boyfriend that took me mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, I have this like cool vegetarian restaurant. And there's, it was like four seats in the restaurant at the time they've expanded mm-hmm. um, now, but yeah. Do you remember what your perception of uh, like veganism and like being vegan was at that time? Oh yeah. I hated it. I hated yeah. everything about it. I just, I didn't understand mm-hmm. to this day. It's still, for me anyway, it's still debatable of like some people's intentions with veganism. Mm-hmm. But back then I just, I didn't understand why I would make fun of PETA. I didn't understand like yeah. what their goal was, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the same goes for us, like growing up in like a small town. It's like, it's like, I, I would be surprised if there's like, I mean, there definitely is, but like there's one vegan in where I grew up, like even now, like yeah. I would, or like, I bet you if I asked like my dad, for instance, yeah, he would give me some sort of like generic definition of like or maybe not even a definition i don't think he would probably even know Mm-mm. he just he's probably associated with like the 70s and hippies and like yeah all that kind of stuff my dad still calls it vegan like he doesn't <laughs> it, you know yeah. so same thing so you go to your first um you know vegan restaurant when you're 16 and then are you thinking like all right i'm gonna do this like what was kind of the change for you like around that time no to- i didn't even i didn't really get into veganism at all until i was like 26 Um, Up until that point, like I went to that vegan restaurant. That was was veganism for me. (laughs) And then I continued on with my life. And then when I was 26, I uh, was transitioning into coming from the music world. I was managing a record label at the time. All right, let's go back real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so, uh, I skipped over a whole section there. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you go to the restaurant. You know, yada, yada. So you go through high school and at one point in high school, were you thinking like, what was your next step? Like you thought that I you started selling merch for my friends in bands, okay. at VFW halls in, mm-hmm. uh, in Jersey and Jersey has like a really big, like hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. So I started selling merch and, uh, a couple of those bands were going on tour and they're like, Hey, do you want to come on tour? I'm like, yes, I want to get out of this town. Like, let's go. Yeah. I started selling merch for them. And then I got offered a job in Connecticut for, uh, Jamie Josta to be Jamie Josta's assistant. And if you don't know who he is, he's the lead singer of this band called hate breed. Mm-hmm. And he has a record label called stillborn records. Yep. And so I started managing stillborn records after about a year of being Jamie's assistant. Just from uh, out of nowhere. I just went from selling merch to being his assistant to yes. Yeah. No, yeah. no kind of, I did you like, I mean, no any sort of experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, it definitely was. Hey, it was a small label. It wasn't yeah. like anything crazy. I wasn't doing, you know, um, there was like maybe two or three bands on the label at the time. I got another job offer in Baltimore. So for another label, a pop label. So I mm. moved down there 
And then I was like, at that point over the industry, I knew I didn't want to be involved in music business. I loved music and Mm -hmm. the music business side of it was kind of like killing my passion and love for it. So I got out of that. I became a nanny in Baltimore and I uh, just went to the farmer's markets. And if you know anything about Maryland, like their produce is incredible. Yeah. Uh, I would just go to the farmer's markets, but I was broke. So I just cooked veg. I just started cooking vegetables yeah. and start, started to teach myself how to cook. And So when you were like uh, managing the label and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. were you, like you said that you kind of like fell out of love with it. Was yeah. it like, uh, were you listening to that kind of music at the time or was it, did, no, did you fall I, out of like. I, my husband now, uh, who is in a band, yeah. he to this day thinks I stalked him forever because like I was involved in hardcore yeah. music. I didn't know who they were, who yeah. his band was until mm-hmm. I eventually ended up. Yeah. But um, at the time I didn't listen to it. Mm-hmm. I I love it, but I, did, I was more into like indie music and hip hop. Like I yeah. wasn't into hardcore music. You had said to me, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago about like uh, the interesting, like uh, the uh, interesting, like intertwining between music and cooking. Yes. Um, and like, I thought that was really fascinating. And the more I have people on and like talk to people, like friends, even like Pedro, who I had, had on last week, um, who's not really a cook, but his life has kind of intertwined with that is like, uh, the more I think about like what you said, it's like, it's so true as, as far as like the mentality and the personalities, probably the same, like, you know, personality that you existed into, you know, controlling that, you know, that record label to being now, it's probably similar, you know, even though that's two different, like, you know, right. like cooking and, and music. Yeah. I think it's just like the whole misfits. I want to have tattoos mm-hmm. and like, what can I do for work <laughs> yeah. if so I'm, I yeah. want to live this lifestyle? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, even like looking back on like, you know, like I said, the earlier stages, there probably was even like a path leading you to that, whether you knew it or not, you know, kind of like right. falls into the same rhythm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, a bunch of my friends that I would uh sell merch for shows they ended up becoming chefs and mm-hmm. going into that industry yeah and there's so much like of the same mentality of the camaraderie and like the shoot the shit and like the right. you know talking shit and the kind of like I said the misfits and tattoos and stuff like that so um you know you're 26 this time going to farmers markets yep cooking yep. vegetables yes and then, uh, so then like, how did that turn into like, all right, well, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. Like, uh, I was broke and mm-hmm. meat and eggs and cheese mm-hmm. were too expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just learned how to cook vegetables and then I was posting it online and just kind of like my journey into like wanting to make it more accessible for people that don't have money. Mm-hmm. Cause at the time, like the products that exist now that are so expensive, like they weren't even a thing. They weren't mm-hmm. like tofu was like your processed uh, vegan option. You yeah. know, like there wasn't Gardein, there wasn't Beyond Meat, Impossible. Um, so the things that you were buying uh, had to, I wanted to make veganism less granola and more yeah. like, hey, like you can do this or just even to eat less meat. Like I yeah. was just trying to promote like, hey, maybe we should start doing less of this. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I started using Instagram like as that outlet Mm -hmm. and a bunch of people started following me in the beginning because I was posting my failures. I was posting like things getting burnt, like mostly myself and like, you know, just kind of like teaching myself how to do, um, basically teaching yourself how to cook. I mean, teaching myself how to cook. Yeah. yeah. Cause like even something, I mean, no one taught you like knife skills or anything like that. I assume that that was all self-taught. Yeah. And did it ever cross your mind, like, I'm going to go to culinary school and do this? Or was it just like, I'm just going to keep teaching myself? And I definitely it? thought about it. And then my uh, someone that I came to know through the vegan community, uh, Chef Chad Sarno, was like, 
don't go to culinary school, Mm -hmm. just work. Like you will pick it up. You will, you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Just like, don't spend time at culinary school. So ever since he said that to me, I was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to spend money. I'm not going to go into debt. I didn't have money at the time to spend on it. So Mm -hmm. that was a deciding factor for me. But I don't think that after him saying that I wouldn't have done it. And yeah, I could go on about no, keep going. culinary school, yeah. but I mean, that's different for a different time. Well, I mean, no, uh, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you to, and you know, extend as far as the culinary school goes. I mean, cause I've been around for long enough to see people that are super skilled and talented, uh, you know, like Peter Summers or like, yes. uh, you know, other people that I know that didn't go to culinary school and like self-taught right. and just worked hard and got, and I've also been around people that did go who are not, you know, not great. I mean, I, like there's a, like right. a, there is a, you know, I don't even know how to best describe it. It's like, for for instance, for someone that's listening that you know is not in the culinary school scene at all, it's a uh, it's a very different mentality. You know, it's like basically going to high school and like learning algebra and like getting out, and then someone's like, "Hey, you're actually gonna you know be like you know a uh, truck driver." And you're right. like, "Well, but I learned all this algebra." Like, oh, it doesn't give a shit. Well, this is how right. you drive a truck. You know what I mean? So it's like that might be a horrible analogy, but. <laughs> But it was basically that they, they almost exist sometimes like culinary school and actual like cooking in a kitchen almost exists in like two different worlds. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, it's kind of like the touring world in the aspect of like you're more likely to get more jobs just by meeting people in the industry. Yes. So just get into it and exactly. meet people and put yourself out there mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, see what happens from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like also the uh, just the just the amount of like uh, stress and anxiety and all those things that your body and mind is under in a kitchen. There's no, like, unless it's a school that immerses, immerses you like fully into that. There's no way to prepare for that. Unless right. like, you know, you go to a war or something, something <laughs> tragic where you're like, you know, you have to like exist within this like high octane, you know, mindset. So. Right. I mean, I mean, you said you don't want to talk about culinary school. But I kind yeah. Of yeah. So Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, 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 so, I, sorry. Sorry. But uh, no, so yeah, it just, it, from there, from Baltimore, I um, I knew I wanted to do something with cooking and it couldn't just be like posting food that I was making yeah. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it can now, but back yeah. then it couldn't. <laughs> For sure. Um, Instagram had so to be a fairly new thing, too. It was. That exists. Yeah. Like, I mean, because I mean, even for like, uh, like, for instance, like an art side, like from my side, it was like trying to uh, promote and stuff is like completely changed. Like if I right. listen to podcasts or other people. It's completely changed for from even three years ago as far as like how it exists with the stories and you know how people view like uh, social media now comparatively to then. Yes, absolutely. I think back then people it became what people wanted it to be. You mm-hmm. know, they wanted it to use use it as a tool for promotion and mm. it was mainly a community back then though. It was like somewhere where you could just like meet someone in California that was vegan and mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't have a lot of vegan friends in Baltimore. Yeah. I I wasn't trying to be an activist or, you know, an animal rights activist. I was trying to tell people to cook more in their homes yeah. mm-hmm. and eat less meat. Like mm-hmm. that was my goal. I wasn't trying to promote veganism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I became vegan. I, I would say about like six months after starting to, to teach myself how yeah. to cook. Um, and that's kind of where that's kind of where I was like, okay, I definitely want to get into this and I want to get into it by just cooking vegan food, yeah. which is like not in Baltimore, non-existent. I knew that I would have to move out of Baltimore yeah. if I wanted to make this like something I wanted mm-hmm. to do long term. Now at this point, did you, had you started the blog, right? You had a blog for a while. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had a blog that was more so interviewing people that 
were vegan, but mm -hmm. you would never know they were vegan. Uh, they were just like doing awesome things and they just happened to be vegan because mm -hmm. that fascinated me. Yeah. That, like a lot of it's like the joke that if you're in CrossFit or vegan, like, how yeah. do you know? They'll tell you. you yeah, exactly. like, yeah. But I wanted to like know the people that weren't telling everyone and they mm -hmm. just quietly work. Yeah. They just really wanted to make the choice for whatever it was, animals, yeah. the planet, whatever. Yeah. Um and it was mainly an interview website and then okay. i started posting some recipes um and then i kind of just let it be what it is yeah. now which is kind of stagnant and like i wanted to take my life off of offline and yeah. like kind of just live it yeah, right? implement it into like right. actual reality right and um that switch was you said you wanted to move from baltimore and then like i assume you went to california from there or not i did i went to go visit so this is kind of my transition into becoming a personal chef i yeah. went to go visit a friend of mine in los angeles and she she had just she was a producer for the um the movie unity have you seen that documentary mm -hmm. it's a documentary about just our planet and kind of like why you should be vegan without okay. telling you you should be vegan <laughs> yeah. you know uh, um sounds beautiful it's it's uh horrifying and beautiful yeah. oh yeah i mean yeah, yeah I, we've definitely seen this i mean there was uh what was the, the one food inc yeah food inc we watched yes. that one and i think we yeah. were vegan for kendra was vegan for a year yeah and that was for like six months yeah they'll get you and yeah. that's what i'm saying like you know, like <laughs> we're like we're like 23 24 already super impressionable about whatever yeah. we saw and then like you saw that and you're like, holy shit, I got to make some changes. Yes. Yeah. So, you so know, she sounds was a producer of the movies that scared you. Yeah. Okay. Right <laughs> on. Yeah. So she asked me to come out to California and just hang out for a bit. We ended up going to this restaurant called Crossroads, which is a vegan fine dining restaurant. Mm -hmm. And to me, like it just didn't, that didn't exist anywhere mm -hmm. on the East Coast yet. So to see that like in, done so well yeah, um, was really inspiring and yeah. it, just for a timeline, though, this had to be, I mean, was doing that. So it was the early 2000s that this was like going? I mean, this like, was 2000 and I want to say 2015. Okay. Yeah. 2014. Sorry. 2014. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, just to, just for the timeline, the reason I brought that up is because, like, I feel like there's been a considerable boom over the past 10 years, like, versus, like, right. you know, you know, late 2000s, like I said, it didn't even exist. Now there, you know, a lot of fine dining vegan restaurants exist. Yes. But I mean, if, if you're saying that it had to be like some sort of transition to where it became more forefront and right. more what it is now. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I went out there and I, we went to this restaurant. I posted on Twitter that uh, I had saw Ron, Jeremy and Jeremy Piven eating dinner at this restaurant. Okay. And like to me, and Jeremy like, and Jeremy. I'm like, yeah. yeah, but I made a joke that it was a Ron, Jeremy Piven night at uh, Crossroads. Okay. I thought it was fucking hysterical <laughs> it wasn't but yeah. jeremy was looking for a personal chef okay. uh, at the time he was vegan and jeremy piven not jeremy, yeah. Ron jeremy. jeremy. so uh he asked uh if i would come do a dinner for him and a bunch of people like it was like a fight or something at his house in malibu and i said okay but, the, but let's go back how did you yeah yeah sorry how did, no no how did the i mean I, i'm fascinated by the you just made it you just like breeze right past like he asked well, me that, you walked over to my the table the thing is is like the, no, no 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 this was <laughs> no, like yeah. a joke on twitter and then he had messaged me oh like, okay he had messaged me hey can you send me your manager's contact information i'm looking for a personal chef oh, okay. i didn't have a manager i uh, was not a personal chef so i was like yeah, sure. Obviously, like yeah. I will find a manager. <laughs> yeah. And so my friend who I came to visit was like, yeah, I'll be your manager. Just give him my email address. Yeah. So I gave 
him my friend's email address and he emailed her and was like hey this is what I'm looking for and she was used to working with like actors and whatever she's like you have to take this mm-hmm. I'll help you like if this is something you want to do in the future like this is a great way to get into yeah. it so we ended up doing that dinner killed it probably well, to this day the best dinner I've ever done which nice. is like yeah well and, I also want to ask is like so you're kind of teaching yourself and cooking and all that kind of stuff are you going through is there someone influencing you like books and stuff like that or are you just like literally just riffing and tasting and deciding what tastes good like how are you how are you gauging what you're doing is I had a lot good. of mentors at that time for okay. sure I had a lot of people within the vegan community chefs and just people that I were rooting for me to do well because mm-hmm. I feel like I had the creative side down. Okay. I knew that I didn't want vegan food to just be a salad, right? Yeah. I wanted it to be more than that. And so there was a lot of people, vegan and not really, that were like, hey, like if you have questions on anything, let me know. So they guided me. Okay. Um, that is into, my question. Yeah. So, so you were getting kind of feedback and you were able to kind of like find your training wheels up until this point, like you said, right. like for Jeremy Piven, it wasn't like you're just like, all right, I'm going to flip through this book or I'm just going to wing it. You were preparing for this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So the story gets even weirder. Okay. Uh, We killed it that day. What what was the food though? I'm curious. We ended up making like smoked cauliflower tacos with uh, cashew cheese and like roasted beet salad. I, I forget what like, the rest of the menu was. But it was all like it was all um catering style. It yeah. wasn't like a sit down fine dining mm-hmm. dinner. Mm-hmm. Um but we actually ended up going into the wrong house when we were delivering <gasps> it. We went to the neighbor's house and he would Jeremy wasn't like answering my texts and I was like, hey, uh hey I think we're at your house. And we were in someone else's house. He was like, oh no, sorry, I sent you the wrong address. <laughs> So nice. I was just in this house in Malibu, just hanging out. Like this is my first time in California. Yeah. This is like, and you're, what, you're how how old are you at this point? Like twenty six, twenty seven. Twenty. I was twenty six. Yeah. Yeah. So something I, that still has to be like not only are you in California the first time, also right. in the wrong house, or also now in have this great house. opportunity. Like yeah, all those things together have to have been like pretty yes. anxiety inducing. Yes. Yeah. And then the next day I was supposed to leave, and he's like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm filming." I need someone long term. And I was like, well, I For live here. Yes, he was filming Entourage. And he's like, I need uh I need someone full time. And I'm like, well, I just like go home. And she's like, why? Like just stay. So yeah. she's like, my friend is away. You can use his house. You can just stay there um while he's away. So I stayed there and I ended up finding out it was Steve Barra's house, who is also vegan. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know who Steve Barra is, he's a professional skateboarder. Okay. Um, who I was a massive fan of at the time because I used to skateboard when I was younger. So okay. like looked up to him. Yeah. So I'm in California in this awesome skateboarder's house cooking for an actor. Like, well, I'm like, <laughs> what's wild. happening? Yeah. It's crazy. So I'm like, okay, once this is done, I'm just going to go home and like go back to my normal life. Yeah. Like, this is too you, much. You, so you didn't even have any kind of like ambitions for like what the future was or like this point where you like at that point I did but I feel like other people wanted so much more for me than I did for myself at the time mm-hmm. I was like yeah this is a cool experience but like at some point like I'm gonna like mess up or like just like not want to do this because it's too much like yeah. I'm like a very like I'm cool like staying home every mm-hmm. night like, yeah just you know <laughs> yeah and this was like the opposite of what that was and it also got a lot it gave me a lot of attention attention through instagram because jeremy yeah. would like mm-hmm. post dishes that i made every day and i'm like what am i doing like it was like that imposter syndrome yeah. like 
I shouldn't be doing yeah. this. Yeah. I like need I to. Totally feel that, yeah. I need to like get off of all social media so no one knows who I, you know, it was like, it definitely took a while. And even to this day, like to even be proud of those things, yeah. you know, but. Well, yeah, it probably takes, I mean, it definitely would have taken some time to like get used to like that feeling. I assume yeah. that like, cause you're thrown into it so quickly yes. that, I, that yeah. I can't even imagine that you're like, probably weren't even really appreciative for it or like even were able to wrap your mind around it. For right. Like, like some I was just time. like, Oh cool. That was cool. I got lucky yeah. making this awesome meal for this guy that, you know, like one of the things that I loved so much about being a personal chef is like, I got to cook for people that were doing great things. So they relied on me to like cook them food that was going to make them feel good. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was my favorite part about being a personal chef yeah. and just getting that from him that week, that feeling of that, that, fe that feedback and that, uh, you know, right. reassurance that we were doing is good. Like, even if you right. had the, that doubt of like, I'm an imposter, what the fuck am I doing? I got to get out of here. Right. Having someone to be like, this is delicious. You should be here. You're doing yes. a good job. Yeah. That, so that was yeah, the yeah. one thing that made me want to keep doing it. I assume that's what he also, said. I assume you said it was a good job. You're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you kept me on. So I can't, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Um, now, you said you were, are you cooking for him just once a week? Like, are you cooking his lunches? Like, how does no, that No, so I was out? cooking in for uh, three meals a day every day okay. for the remainder of him filming, which I think he had two weeks left. So mm -hmm. I stayed for two weeks, did that, and then um, went back to Baltimore. Okay. And then at that time, I had been talking to Ellie Golding, who's a pop singer on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She had just became vegan. So she was like looking for ways to kind of like make it more sustainable on tour. And then I was telling her like this whole story about Jeremy yeah. and how crazy it was. Cause she like, I was like, Hey, I've never been a personal chef yeah. before. And she's like, Oh, I have a great idea. Why don't you come on tour with me and be my personal chef? Yeah. Because like I have, you know, it's really hard to eat in America in the middle of nowhere yeah. if you're vegan. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay like i'm just gonna say yes to everything yeah. at this point so just so you know though real quick yeah in the descriptions jeremy piven and elliot Golding are both they they, just, they say you're their personal trainer or they personal it's, it, trainer. or not trainers personal oh. stuff excuse me i was like oh, there's no <laughs> you're getting a rip sorry personal personal chef so those things are in there so you know got it yes so, just, just so you know anyways yeah. continue they uh both two of my favorite clients to this day both really good people but so um, you're going on tour with her and yes uh, pop music yeah and it's it's completely different than like hate breed and i'm sure yes. the just the environment that you're yeah. surrounded by well at that at that time i took two things that i was semi good at right and just put them together yeah. started touring and cooking at the same time mm -hmm. so like are you so well i mean what was that experience like because like you like you said you went from one type of tour to another like being on a yes. pop stars tour, like was there some sort of transitional period where you're like also, I'm curious about like being in like um, your 20s and like being in California, that kind of stuff. Was there like, were you involved? I mean, you don't have to say it. Were you involved in any kind of partying? Were you like still wild or are you so structured and no. like, hey, I'm doing this? Well, I was never really a partier. I okay. feel like I'm like an 80 year old woman trapped, you know, okay. in, at this point in <laughs> yeah. a 26 year old woman's body. Yeah. Um, that's what I was, I mean, because I know that, I mean, to be honest, like myself, is like if I was in that situation, I would have made so many bad choices. I would yeah. have been like, oh, it's you know. very easy to. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I'm it's saying just like being in that you. environment and that surrounding. Yeah. Uh, you know, even even like even on the pop uh, pop tour, I would have found a way to do horrible things. 
Yeah. Without a doubt. So I'm, I mean, I was just curious if like it you ever found yourself that in that. bad. I yeah. mean, I I'm feel just like saying, I just know myself at that age. Like I would have, you know, I think touring in general, people get such a skewed idea of what mm-hmm. happens on mm-hmm. tour. Like they think it's like Motley Crue and it's like everyone's in bed by midnight. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no, it's not partying like it used to be, mm-hmm. you know, my husband would probably say differently. Yeah. I was on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, Hey, I have to wake up at 6am. So I'm yeah. going to bed. You know, yeah. so like for me, it was very, yeah, like I wasn't the entertainer. I wasn't going to stay up until late partying, nice. but people do have those experiences. Yeah. I just wasn't one of them. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, just the 20s. I just, I just know how it was. I just, I just, I just implement, implemented my own mindset. Into yeah. It. But, yeah. But it's good to know you're an 80 year old woman, a 26 year old buddy at that point. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So you're on a tour um, with uh Elliot Golden, who I don't even know who he is, who she is. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. And yeah. she, uh, she's a pop singer. <laughs> yeah. And she's has a great voice. I'm sure she's she does. really good at what she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, how long were you on that tour for? And like. I so I worked for her for about two and a half years on and off. So tours would be maybe like two months at a time mm-hmm. and then two months off. And every time are you going back to Baltimore and like, no. So at this point I had moved to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, because on my off times I wanted to be able to be a personal chef for okay. people while I was home mm-hmm. and Baltimore just didn't allow for that to happen. Yeah. Um, unless you're doing the wire or something like that. But right. Right. That's the only association with Baltimore I have that and crabs. That's my, actually my roommate was the set dresser for the wire. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Like uh, our old boss, uh, she was from Baltimore and like, you know, I make wire, the wire jokes all the time. She's like, yeah, yeah. you think I haven't heard that before? Like, right. yeah, right. I think it's just the only thing people know yes. that crime and, uh, and the Orioles. Crabs. Well, some people know the Orioles. Yeah. Uh, yeah I was a baseball fan, but yeah. So, um, when you're not on tour, you're personal chefing now, yeah. how, how does that even work? How does, for instance, like for someone that wouldn't know myself, personal chef like are you putting ads out in the uh on craigslist like how are you getting like you know no, it was chef? all word of mouth yeah. and then like my manager air quotes for yeah. people that can't see what i'm doing <laughs> yeah. uh would reach out to actors and actresses and at the time she had really good connections with people in the vegan community because she had worked on this documentary with a lot of them mm-hmm. and she was like hey if you need the uh someone to cook for you i know someone and i just got a lot of my clients from that. I worked for Emily Deschanel for a while when she was at the end of filming Bones, the last season of Bones. Mm-hmm. And um, Jared Leto worked for oh, a little bit. Oh, how was that? He was, it was great. He's a great guy. Yeah. I'm sure he is. He's a handsome and man. He is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very charismatic. Yeah. I yeah. I think that's probably, a, I don't know him obviously, but I think that's probably, if I had to guess, guess a description, yeah. charismatic is probably yeah. a nice way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I gained a lot of clients during that time. And I swore I did one more tour with Ellie and I was like, I'm not going on tour anymore. I'm over it. I just want to be home. Like at that point I was, I had like, I was set, like I could, I was working, yeah. I was making a decent amount of money. I just wanted to save and not like feel like I didn't have a home. Cause when you're touring, it's really hard to feel stable. Yeah. Um, and that's why you're so close with everyone you're touring with because yeah. that's all you know. Like they're in the same boat as you. They miss their families. They miss their friends. Yeah. Um, so I did my last tour with Ellie and I was also cooking for Travis Barker at the time yeah. uh, at home. So he wasn't touring either. And Were you a Blink-182 fan before him? I, I was a Blink-182 fan, um, not as big as my husband. Yeah. If you know anything about my husband, he has Blink-182 tattooed on his knuckles. Nice. Um, he That's loves, a fan, I think. Loves yeah. Blink-182. Yeah. It was a massive influence, I think, just in general to his band. But yeah. specifically to him, he just loved everything about mm-hmm. them, their humor. And 
everything like that. Yeah. But, um, well, at that time though, like, so you get to the stage, you're done touring, you're personal chefing. Yeah. So at this point you've been what, three years cooking vegan food, teaching yourself. Yeah. Was there any kind of, um, self-reflection where you look back and you're like, holy shit, I'm getting better. Like, did you have that mindset at all of like, or you just kept, or do you have like, oh, I'm like, I, you can see a progression as you like. I kind of just didn't stop to think about it mm -hmm. to this day. I try not to like stop and think about it because I yeah. think that's where you get in your head, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, well, I could be doing this, but like, of yeah. course you can. I evaluate what I'm doing yeah. daily, you know, like, hey, how can we make this better? But I'm never like, oh my gosh, I've come so far, you know? I mean, that's like, a great way to look. I was just, I mean, because like, you know, self-taught, you have to like have right. some sort of, uh, or maybe- Maybe the better question would be like your worth as you gone up and like, you know, because I assume that getting paid, you're not, probably not getting paid the same thing you were. Right. Oh, two yeah. Years. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. I mean, there had to be some sort of evaluation of your own self-worth yeah. to know what you're worth at that point. Yes, absolutely. Well, because at a certain point you have to go, I am doing something differently, right, yeah. than other people are doing mm -hmm. in order, whether it is my cooking or the way that I'm interacting with families in their homes, like yeah. something that I'm doing is different than other people and that's why i'm getting hired so yeah. much right so in that aspect yeah and it's also like i mean it's in the title like personal like you're right. like like you said you know so many people think you know don't realize like the fact that like for instance me and kendra are such a private like person in our own home and like you know right. don't really have people we were just kind of like secluded in our own home when we we're together with our dog but like i couldn't even like like the idea of having someone else in the kitchen like cooking like like and almost in, not necessarily invading, but being in that space that you like call home, especially right. people that are like so um, you know well known and famous. That, I mean, that has to take some sort of skill to be able to almost probably be invisible to some extent, right? Yes and no. It really depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Like if that person wants you to be personal with them, you yeah. know, you have to be able to read people really well. Mm -hmm. Is that person having a bad day? Is that person like you know? You have to almost think for them like what they're gonna want before they think it you know yeah. like oh this person went out last night so this person's mm -hmm. definitely gonna want this in the morning you know like mm -hmm. just making those little choices i yeah. think uh makes a big difference and just yeah learning to be a fly on the wall when you need to be and That's to be around skill yeah outside of even cooking like, yes <laughs> absolutely and i i in the beginning learned that the hard way because I also knew other personal chefs that yeah. I would recommend to clients. And what I didn't realize is like not everyone has mm -hmm. that skill. Um, you could be really good at cooking and make a very horrible personal chef. Yeah. So I know I mean I just know people that are good at cooking that are horrible people. So, <laughs> so <laughs> right. I, I, can, I can only understand like the idea of having to interact with someone that they know, like if yeah. there's famous, uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, trying absolutely. to get stuff signed, all that shit. Um yeah. <laughs> So you're uh, cooking for Travis Barker. Um, and then like, how long did you do that for? I did that for on and off for about six months um, until I was touring with Ellie. For It was a three month tour with Ellie and I was about to get home. And Travis was like, hey, I have this tour we're going on. It's three months long. These are the two longest tours I've ever been on. Mm -hmm. The one I did with Ellie, I was like, man, this is really long i'm never doing this again and then travis was like hey like you haven't toured they hadn't at that point toured in a really long time so yeah. this tour was massive for them mm -hmm. and um he was like um going, we're going on tour for three months would you want to go it was a week after i got home from the la tour and i was like i don't think i can do this like physically like i was just tired and um 
I ended up saying yes because I'm like, no, after this tour, I'll be done <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's like an addiction. Right. Yeah. It is. I mean, it yeah. is. You, if you get a second to, you know, just like not think about it. And yeah. Just, you're like, yeah, sure. Why not? It, yeah. Like, it's fine. And then regret it. And so exactly. I mean, I think but, that's anybody that's like a, um, a hard worker. Yeah. Whatever. It's, it's best to just like get it over with and just, you know, just crush it and just do it. Like, right. you, like you, you can like consume yourself and your mind too much and end up gonna, not going to do it. Right. Or you're going to like hate yourself. So like, I know myself for like hard work, I'm just like, it's easier just to get it over with, rip that bandaid off. Let's do yes. it. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you decided to do that. Um, and you are on there for three months now. Are you on the tour bus with them or like you have your, like, sometimes Yeah. Peter and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, I'm on the production bus most of the time. Okay. But if the production bus, as far as like the people that like, you know, the load and load and all their shit. No. So there's, so that's the crew bus. Production bus is like the tour manager, the assistant tour manager. And in Blink's case, like everyone had their own tour bus. Each of them had their own tour bus for their families and they would tour with their families. Mm -hmm. Um, If there was a day off, then I would travel with Travis because he would still need to eat mm-hmm. on the day off. So yeah. during those days, I would travel with them. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's just the whole crew nice. traveling together. Yeah. Yeah. So you did that three month tour and you did it. And I'm sure it was long and grueling. It's very long. Yeah. Yes. Because I mean, also, you yeah, I think that, I mean, you don't, do you get a day off? Like, is there a day where he's like, I'm just going to eat out all day today? Like, how, yeah, I mean, there's definitely days where he's like, hey, I want to try this new restaurant. Like, go do whatever you want. But I mean, but to some extent, there is a there there could be a week where you're like, I, I cook three times a day every single day. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. So, I yeah. mean, I'm assuming, except in those cases that like when you come off that tour, you have to be like, holy shit, I'm tired. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did, you, did so. you want to cook for yourself whenever yeah. you come back? No. Or are you just I mean, like, I, I even like now I tell Neil that I might have like a little PTSD yeah. from it because like cooking at home is just like I almost I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I if I could have Peter meal prep for me all the time, yeah. I would. Yeah. <laughs> um but same. I would have Peter meal prep. <laughs> same. I would want to cook at home either. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. But I yeah, I just don't I don't like cooking for myself. I think I'm getting better about it now that I'm I'm not doing that every day and it's been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like Do you have flashbacks if you feel... like are cooking for Neil? You're like, my his goddamn personal shit. Oh, you have the, the same mindset. <laughs> not like, really, <laughs> yeah. because he like cooking for Neil is so interesting. Like I would say Neil's a pickier eater than almost every single person I've ever cooked for. Nice. You know? So yeah. like I picked the toughest client to marry, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so you come off that tour and then, yeah. so you go back to LA, right? Yes. I assume. Yep. And then, so what's your mindset now? Are you like, I'm going to take a month off, two months off? Well, no, my mindset was, uh, I had just met Neil on that tour. Okay. So that yeah, was, let's go, let's go to that. So yeah. how, how did the interaction even like come up? Neil came into the kitchen. Uh, every day I would pop up a kitchen behind the stage or mm-hmm. wherever we could find electricity at that point. Yeah. Um, and he asked me if I could teach him how to cook. And I said, yeah, sure. If you go vegan. And we had like three weeks left of the tour. Um, and he's like, sure, I can do that. So he went vegan. I didn't teach him how to cook. I don't have time. That's just like a simple flirting banter. So oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, we got off tour and we were like, hey, do you have plans? And both of us were like, no. So we went to Malibu, rented a house in Malibu for nice. the week and just spent time with each other and then yeah it was great got to know each other um dated for about five months during that time i would i 
went to London. Like I had a bunch of various jobs during that time. Were you, uh, I don't, were you a fan of his music? Like, I mean, did you even, I like... didn't know it until I heard them play, uh, during that tour. Okay. Yeah. Right. So I didn't know who they were, but I know they were incredible because they would get on stage every night and just like, like blink. The dynamic that blink had was so great because yeah. their like comedic relief was yeah. so incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A day to remember is just like a party. Well, yeah, like, yeah, and like a Blink One Eight Two, like I feel like they're, they're more like standing microphone. Yes. Where like a day to remember is like there's a lot of movement. They're like they're actually they're active on the jumping stage. around, yeah, exactly, jumping yeah. into you, like yeah. just like legitimate the most energy I've ever yeah. seen from a band. And I'm like, who is this fucking yeah. band? Yeah. I had like seen like growing up in the hardcore scene, like people wear like hoodies that said like ADTR yeah. or whatever. Like that's kind of what I knew of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they. Yeah, they would play every night, and so now I know all of their songs yeah. because of that yeah. tour. But. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so you and Neil are together, and you're back in LA. So, yes. like, what's your next step? Are you have you at this point contemplated like Have you done the book yet? I assume yes, no. Oh yeah, the book was done like right after the first tour I did with Ellie. Okay, so you yeah. can, we can breeze right past it because you kind of told me your yeah. opinion. I don't know if you want to share it on here. Yeah, I mean, my opinion on it is like it was definitely done preemptively. I think I would have liked to have waited later in life. And like who kind of like, uh, you had said that like they kind of like, like not forced you, but they kind of like, uh, you know, negotiated for you to do it. Yeah, than you. Like, I, I had put out a cookbook just for like people I did that I lost money on. Like it was like a zine at the time, you know, mm. like I put together like just a bunch of recipes that people could use mm. in the mm. middle of America, like going to Piggly Wiggly, like mm. what, what products could be. You know they... what Piggly Wiggly is, huh? Yeah, of course. Yeah, right on. I saw um, someone like, like a couple weeks ago at Easton wearing a Piggly Wiggly shirt. Oh, interesting. And I was like, holy cool. shit, where'd you get that? And they were like, oh yeah, I have a friend that's like a store manager in fucking bumfuck South Carolina or something. And I go, oh wow. She, and they, like, they were so nice. They go, here, here's our number. If you want to contact her, and she, I'm sure she'll send you some. Like, I don't think I'm going to do that, but I appreciate it. It's a nice awesome. shirt. I'm surprised it's not like an Urban Outfitter shirt at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's just like a cultural thing now. Like Piggly yeah. Wiggly is like, it's known for being like kind of the obscure. Yeah, like, exactly. And then store. like ours turned into like uh, where I grew up, went from Piggly Wiggly to a Sexton Foods. Which uh, is even yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna leave that on the table. But exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, um, you I did the cookbook and you're like, ah, uh, you weren't. Yeah. You, you'd say you weren't proud or not proud of it, but you. Well, so I put this uh, cookbook out by myself, printed it. Um, one of the assistant publishers at Penguin Penguin Publishing picked it up and uh, contacted me. I was like, hey, I saw this. That's awesome. Will you do a cookbook for us? And mm -hmm. I was like fucking i grew up reading penguin books like mm -hmm. it was they're one of the biggest publishers now the biggest publisher in the world like, yeah i was like yes i absolutely will they won't let me fail at this they're yeah. the biggest publisher yeah. in the world right uh and that's not true if you know anything about publishing like especially with books and cookbooks in particular um they, they will let you fail they don't saying. well the thing is is i was very naive i didn't yeah. know anything about i knew how to write recipes i didn't know how the, like publishing worked and how long it took to get things printed and yeah. just like i thought i had a lot more time to edit i thought i had a lot more time i had two months to finish all of it and then we it ended up going to print within a year which is a very short amount of time yeah um and so i think my any negativity negativity i have towards it i just wish i had more time with it yeah you know i mean that's understandable i mean the unfortunate thing is it still exists out there. yeah and people are still buying it and from what yeah. i've heard is a great thing actually like this is random as hell but like uh, a friend of mine who is like a uh, head chef in philadelphia 
uh, I was messaging him recently. Um, and he's, he said that his girlfriend is like, I don't even know how we got on the topic of like a uh, winter park biscuit company, but he says his girlfriend is a huge uh, fan of yours and a follower and has your book oh, and all that nice. good stuff. So, That's I mean, awesome. so people are still consuming it and still, yeah. I mean, I just wanted I mean. to help people cook and I think it's done that to a certain yeah. extent. Um, and I do think it's cool to look back. I have something on Amazon that I can now mm-hmm. buy and see what my failures were. You know, <laughs> uh, I can. So, I, and it's it's great harder for me to read a description here and like open up the podcast. Yeah, so if anything, yeah. I appreciate you putting it out there just for it's, that simple effect. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good to laugh at. It's good for people that are just getting into veganism. Mm-hmm. They're like beginning stages of it. What pantry yeah. items to buy? Yeah. In yeah. that aspect, it's really it's done fine. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. But the, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so uh, you got the book. Things are going good. Yeah. You're in LA. Um, at what point did you consider moving to Orlando? So Neil and I had been dating at that point six months, and we were talking about we were both touring. Yeah, still. So we rarely saw each other. And then he's like, "Okay, well, we got to figure this out. Like, are you going to move here? I'm going to move there." Yeah. And I kind of skipped over this, but I was working with Gardein, which is a mock meat yeah, company. Yeah, I have that briefly. on here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the Where's only you thing- You worked at the White House, right? Yes, One I thing. did. I did go to the- That was like a first event that I did with yeah. them. Um, but we would do a bunch of different events. And one time, or multiple times, we would fly to Darden. So the only thing that I knew about Orlando was iDrive, because okay. Darden, the restaurant Which group. is not necessarily Orlando. No. I'll talk about this on here. This right. Box. I wouldn't call that Orlando. Yes, but that's yeah. all I knew. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, no, yeah. I'm not, yeah. And that's I all drive. our family knows, too. Like I'm when, the, Yeah, when yeah. Neil like took me downtown, I'm like, you guys have a downtown? Mm-hmm. And then like when he took me to like Audubon and like yeah. things like that, I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, like exactly. the city's yeah. massive. Yeah. Um, but the only thing I knew was I drive. So I'm like, okay, well, how about you move to LA? Because yeah. I don't like really care for Disney. Like, you know, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. something I wanna I don't see my career going a certain yeah. place if I move there. And then um we talked about taxes and that was a massive yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, so like, now it's I mean, yeah, we're talking about now it's even worse. Yes. Now, yeah. Nice. And we were both touring, so we didn't yeah. really need somewhere that we were going to be all the time. Um, so I ended up moving here. And mm. when I first moved here, I was still touring. Um, it really wasn't until I stopped touring that I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do here? You know, yeah. like, what am I going to do in Orlando? I kind of at that point, too, was over being a personal chef. Yeah. Being in people's homes, being, you know, yeah. I just like wanted to do something a little more creative. Yes. So um, I. I don't know if you want to get into Winter Park Biscuit. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I that, sped but... sped through a lot of things I wanted to talk about to get to this point. But okay, cool. So, um, you moved to Orlando, yes. and uh, your first impression was like, "Oh shit, it's not I drive." Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, what year was this? Just for frame reference, I moved here in 2017. 17. Yeah. Okay. And then when you got here, was your first instinct to do pop ups? No, that took a little bit because took... I like. My, like, you know, I'd said that, you know, we had some sort of interaction before this, but like, also like I had seen you do pop-ups, you know, years ago or whatever. And I, I would say you were probably one of the earlier stages of those, like of pop-ups, of food pop-ups. Would you agree? Yeah. Because well, now it's know, blossomed like, into something I can't different. say that like. I wouldn't say you're the first. Were, right. I wouldn't say you're the first. I don't know but, who was here before doing yeah. that. But um, I think at, at that time it was like me, Dylan from Bangarack. Yeah. And, um. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, I'm saying I'm think, saying like the 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 transition from like that era, 2017 to like now, right, where it's right. like almost like even somehow through quarantine, even now 
it's almost become like oversaturated with right. with pop-ups. You know what I mean? Whether they're yes. legal or not. Yeah, yeah. Right, that, right, but right, but uh, right. anyways, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm saying the fact is that there there was that time where it was just like a handful yeah. of uh, ones that were, you know, around to well, now where it's, you know, it feels like, you know, cousins doing it. Yeah. I think East End was a massive uh, facilitator of that mm-hmm. in having people, giving people a space to try mm-hmm. out concepts. Yeah. Try out new concepts and like, you know, without having to spend a ton of money on them to yeah. see if they would fail or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and like at, so at this point you've done all this, you've grown as a chef and you've been a person train or a personal chef. I'm a personal trainer. trainer. Like an idiot. That's what I need to get into. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I like, so um, you got to this point and you're in Orlando, you're doing pop-ups. Yes. As the, is the goal for the pop-up is to be like, all right, I'm going to get a brick and mortar, go from there. Or is it just like, I'm doing the pop-up just to see the reception of it. The, I mean, I, there was definitely not a goal to do it long term when mm-hmm. I first started doing it. I was kind of in a place of I was getting a little depressed, like not doing like not having that creative outlet mm-hmm. in Orlando. And at that time, like I just didn't know the right people. Mm-hmm. I had like just met Dylan at the time mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, yes, there's cool people in yeah. Orlando, mm-hmm. you know, Um, and I didn't have a ton of friends. So I was like definitely getting into a space of like, what do I do to meet people and to like have a creative outlet. And so we did our first pop-up at East End Market. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that first reception like? Because it was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. I think we like prepped for like, I think we prepped maybe like 150 biscuits. And I thought for sure half of them were going to go to waste because no one was going to show up to yeah. this thing. And we sold out in two hours. What was that? So, yes, yeah, yeah, is that what you guys did? You did biscuits? And, yeah. I'm not yeah, we just did chicken, bif- biscuits chicken biscuits and uh, and gravy. And cool. that's it. I was just like, I just want to make food for people. Yeah. And it just did really well. Yeah. Um, and I knew there was a market for it because mm-hmm. Neil, Neil at the time – he, Neil isn't vegan, but he would eat vegan as much as possible. And he's like, I just really, really want like vegan Chick-fil-A, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I just want something yeah. that exists in this town that's like that. And so that's why we started doing it and yeah. made him some. And he's like, hey, cool. You should definitely sell these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, John Rife, I met up with the owner of yeah. Easton Market. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't care what you do. Because I had like had a whole conversation with him about yeah. how I was here. And I didn't like know where my career was going or mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. And he's the best facilitator. If you say like you don't know what you want to do, he'll give you a thousand different options yeah. of things that you can do. He's yeah. very good at that. Um, so yeah. So, so did you have any idea of like the, cause the, I mean, the size of the vegan scene here in Orlando, did you have any like, cause like you said, you didn't have a, real, a lot of friends, you didn't have a lot of interaction right. with the community. And then like that first, that first time you like sell it in two hours, you had to realize something that like, holy shit, there's people that are like, cause I feel like it's boomed so much. And like, I mean, just seeing like where you guys are at now and like the uh, amount of like business and people that come in that are like amazed that like, uh, even myself included, like, um, you know, living here for four years now. I was like, I didn't even know really the uh, amount of uh, like vegans and like that whole scene that was here until you guys started really started operating in the past. I knew a little bit because I'd go to places like Market on South. And so I knew that it existed. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know it was as big as it was. And Mm -hmm. I I don't even the vegan community is big. Yes. But Mm -hmm. I do think Orlando also has an even bigger community that just wants to try. Yeah. Vegan foods. I agree. You know, I think that. People like, uh, you know, I know hate on Orlando a lot as far as like, uh, you know, the food scene or whatever right. you want to call it. But I think that people like, if you like build something that is good and like consistent and like, um, 
well-managed and just all around good. I think people are willing to try, you know, not only vegan, but like good food. Like I think right. people crave it. Right. So if you give it, you know, they're, they're going to come. So even like, cause I feel like you guys probably, I don't know what your percentage of like people that are vegan and not, but you probably have a good percentage of people that aren't vegan and they're willing to try it and they love it and they continue to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not just like, you know, it's all, all about the good food and putting it out there. And like you said, giving people good food, whether it's vegan or not, but the fact right. that it is vegan changes some people's mindset right. of what, it, what it's supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so you're doing pop-ups and then um, at what point are you like, I'm going to do a brick and mortar. Like uh, at what point are you decided like, hey, it's uh, people are quarantined. We are wearing masks. I'm going to get pregnant yeah, and I'm going to, uh, oh, I'm going to open a, a, a business. <laughs> everything at once yeah exactly yeah i mean that had to be like you know yeah i can only function under like severely highly stressful yeah, yeah. it seems like you're going back to your personal chef days yeah. where you're like i gotta i gotta get something in this yeah. anxiety uh you know yeah chamber. well at that point we were looking for a space for two years okay right? yeah. so we were looking for a space for a while we had been trying to have a kid for a while mm. um and that wasn't working out we couldn't find a space we sort of like all right, I guess like we're just going to keep waiting and mm. see what happens. John Rife came to us with an opportunity to take over this space. Um, and this was a week before shutdown, right? So this so is like a week in before. March, March of last yes, year. Yeah. yeah. Um, week before shutdown and Neil and I are like, this can't last, right? Like, We'll sign the lease yeah. and it'll be yeah. fine. I'm sure as a musician, he was probably really optimistic that it is. He last. was <laughs> very optimistic. Yeah. And he oh, he was like, if even if it even if it lasts a long time, like we still have to do build out. We still have these things mm -hmm. happening yeah. that are gonna take a little longer. Yeah. Um he was very optimistic. <laughs> and that's good to have someone that is optimistic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we signed the lease mm -hmm. and then two weeks later we found out that we were pregnant. Oh, and well, yeah. to me, I was like, we had previous miscarriages. So I was like, oh, okay, oh yeah. I'm like not gonna look too much into this. Yeah. You know. And then of course it worked out beautifully, which yeah. is great, except it was the same time we were opening our first yeah. restaurant. I mean, we Neither of us have had any experience opening restaurants. I yeah. have friends that have done it. I've been involved in restaurant openings, but I've never done it myself, right? So mm. it was all a learning experience. Mm. Pregnancy was a learning experience yeah. for me. Everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't even planned that we're going to do everything once. It kind of just... Oh, no. Yeah. This well, I mean, but like, I mean, with the success of both, it almost seems like I don't necessarily believe in a higher power. I don't know if yeah. you do. Uh, I do not. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying like the idea that like, it's almost like kismet that like... Right. That those things kind of fall into place, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it almost makes you want to believe in something. But yeah, I well, to, I but, think know. at that point too, like it, we had been like people were like, oh, so like it was an accident, and we're like, no, like we had been trying for three yeah. years for mm -hmm. both of these things. Like, neither of them were just like, oh, this is happening. You know, we were yeah. ready for it. We were yeah. ready for both of those things, well, that's, just that's not awesome. at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But it happened yeah, to work out, and you guys are doing step. great now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. One of our best company doing yes. great at Easton Market. Yes. Um, one thing though, I want to go back to or like kind of touch base on. So, um, you know, before we get out of here, we got about a few minutes left. Um, so you did say that you know when you turned twenty six, you were vegan because you like were poor and like you know wanted to just cook vegetables. Yeah. But over that progression from where you're at now, did that change of why you became why you're still vegan? Because I mean, now obviously you can afford. Right. buy meat and stuff like that what was the outlook of to stay that way i think i am vegan now for animal rights okay and it's not something that i 
promote all the time, not something that I speak out about. I'm a firm believer that you can get people to change their mind yeah. if you give them um, an, an easier way to do things, okay. right? Convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a massive part of veganism or why people aren't vegan is yeah. because it's not as convenient. Yeah. You have to, you know... I don't know, like with fast food now, it's so yeah. much easier for people to be like, oh, well, this is faster. Yeah. So I just think food in general. Yeah. Um, so really with with veganism and even with the biscuit company, like convenience is the reason that we did the biscuit company first rather yeah. than doing a sit down restaurant yeah. or, you know, like I when I was traveling, like that's what I wanted. I wanted something that was fast. Like I wanted that option. Yeah. Does that option like solidify my whole career of cooking no of course not (laughs) but it's something that i think is necessary in order for people to take the next step into veganism which is having that convenience yeah whether it's deep fried or healthy like both of those options need to be an option yeah i mean i mean that's a great way to look at it and too i mean because i mean so would you call a biscuit company a fast food place i would say it's fast casual yeah yeah absolutely yeah i mean yeah i mean that's a great way to look at it as far as that concept because like you said it doesn't really exist i mean now even Vegan restaurants don't really exist in Orlando. Like it's almost like not well, like ve- that. Well, I would say you mean okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I'm saying that like. But with- there are good vegan restaurants. Hungry Pants, which is like 75 percent vegan, is a great vegan restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, Market on South, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So there I'm are. I'm saying the few some- known have like you know shut down. So now it's like yes. Now giving people an outlet to be able to come and consume mm-hmm. that right. in whatever facet that may be right. is like important and like uh, I mean even from where I stand, I can see people coming back daily almost or, you know, like you know weekly or whatever right that are you know are, you know repeat customers so you're doing something right to that extent yeah well we like to think we are yeah mm-hmm. and so yeah yeah i mean i uh, from from afar i can tell you it seems it's going well mm-hmm. um and <laughs> yeah. kendra who's inside the the trenches she yes. can also tell you it seems like it's who's going killing well. it by the way we haven't talked about this but kendra's yeah, so yeah, good trust me she doesn't she doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> um uh yeah so everything's going great um uh one more thing i don't know if we got time he's about to come in, in a second um the uh, the idea though of so we talked about like you know you said changing the idea of like you know casual vegan food and all like all that good stuff giving people options yeah now also behind the scenes as far as like giving people options as far as uh, you know kitchen stuff yeah um, I feel like you guys are doing you know it's from secondhand from Kendra and you know talking to Peter and stuff like that yeah but you guys are doing stuff that is almost unheard of for like a kitchen aspect from like giving people incentives and uh, even like you know monetizing and transportation. The, um, you know, financial, like, uh, you know, advisor, that kind of stuff is stuff that like is unheard of in like a high, like uh functioning kitchen. Like for instance, like Luma, like I worked right. versus uh, a place that you said a fast casual place. I mean, uh, what's the mindset behind that? It's like to give people, well, just to give seeing, your employees a better option. So. Yeah. Just seeing people in that are in the industry, whether it's music or the restaurant industry, be a bunch of misfits that Mm -hmm. don't have access to that knowledge or access to these things that are, you know, pretty easy for a restaurant owner or an owner of a business to Mm -hmm. um, supply to their employees. And, and it's different for everyone. I shouldn't say it's pretty easy. Yeah. For, For me, it's a no brainer because I have been in a position where my employer's didn't give a shit. Yeah, and I, mean, I, knew, I think that's yeah. And I knew I didn't common. want to be that employer. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to give our staff access to things that were fairly easy on our part to be able to give them. Yeah, I mean, and know? that's a great way to look at it. And I think that I mean, going into you know 
2021 and you know going forward i feel like that will have i mean i think just the way um kitchens have evolved and we kind of talk about it with you know several other chefs that i've had on the podcast and it's evolved so much in the past 10 years five five years even that like it almost is like it's like only makes sense that it evolves into something more and something more like grand and something more um i guess the word would be sustainable because so much you know there's so much turnover and so much more uh you know, uh, I don't even know like the right word, but it'd be something more like people being uncomfortable in their environment or trying to get out of the environment or whatever. Right. But uh, someone being like, all right, I can exist in this for four or five years and not be absolutely miserable will be like, what's my next step? And all that kind of stuff. But, right. Because I mean, look, work is work at the end of the day, yeah. right? It's going to be hard, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like you're still a human being. Mm-hmm. And at what point is your worth or your work like not worth your quality of life? Exactly. So you have to think about that when hiring people, we hire people because we think they're good at what they're, what they do. Right. Mm -hmm. So if they're good at what they do, we have to value that. Yeah. And, um, like to touch base on like that, that kind of like I was talking about earlier. So how I assume if you're going forward with it, you already believe this, but like the sustainability of it over the course of another concept, two, three, four, whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, is that something that you've like looked into is like, how sustainable can it be? Like, I'm not saying against it, but I'm saying how sustainable can it be over a four business concept? Right. I, I mean, I'm very sustainable. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's just whether or not you want to do that. I think yeah. it's whether or not you want to part with part of your profit. And that's yeah. what people have an issue with. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably like a good way to look at it. It's also like the idea of like, um, I kind of talked, I talked a little bit about this with Christine's podcast, but like the idea of like, cause going hand in hand with the idea that like, Hey, we're going to give you a better, you know, source of living, a better like um, rounded, uh, you know, uh, base for your life. Is also the idea of like the environment that you're surrounded by, right? Like even if even if like you build them a base of like, hey, you have your finances, you ha- we, we help you with this, you know, incentives, all those things. But even if like you know the environment they're working in they have these core values, if the environment's toxic, it's still going to trickle down, and, and those things won't mean shit. Yeah, absolutely, and. Like I've worked in environments where they would be considered toxic as far as like everyone screaming at each other and it being like, it's just like, I I mean, the restaurant industry has been that up until, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, yeah, my point, yeah. Yeah. And it, it is toxic in this fact that it creates an environment where a lot of people can get into alcoholism and, Mm -hmm. you know, just, it doesn't that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think in that aspect, like giving them the tools, what they choose to do with them is up to them. And that's, we can't really push them to utilize Mm -hmm. these things or, you know, but if we can at least give them the option, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a fantastic way to look at it, especially like, you know, with the tools and stuff like that. I mean, cause I think that you will like, I mean, being honest is like getting the people that you said that will have the tools and still not, you know, they'll squander them or whatever that, I mean, that's still going to, Definitely be a thing with any kind right. of like, especially a fast casual place. Yeah. Um, but like just that idea of like being like, hey, we're going to give you this and then you can succeed with it. It's right. a great and way I'm to look a, at, especially in the restaurant industry. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that it can exist if mm-hmm. you create it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Sean Brock right now is trying to do that um, yeah. in Nashville. Like he's yeah. trying to kind of recreate this industry to yeah. not be so toxic. And so. I think so many people are doing that. And I think it's a great way to go forward with it. Um, real quick. Do you have a suggestion for a suggestion anything like a that for a suggestion yes hellcats um in yeah. winter park they okay. are a small small design apparel shop and you should check them out okay yeah i agree first. with that yeah yeah 
Um, do you, uh, I mean, you want to, I mean, you don't need to, but you want to plug your Instagram or, or no, whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I didn't think you needed to, but, uh, I usually ask anyways at the end. Um, if you want to, um, follow Peter Summers, yeah, follow uh, him. I actually just made him change his Instagram name. So what is your Instagram? Peter L. Peter L. Summers. Yeah. Nice. Peter yeah. sitting in, listening, doing work. Yeah. He's just hanging out. Hanging out. Yeah. Um, as always, uh, follow us at Insta Friends Pod. Um, follow me at Jordan C. Jones, artist Jordan C. Jones. For any upcoming paintings, events, all that good stuff. I got murdered on the Quantum Leap Winery uh, vote <laughs> thing, so that's over. But uh, uh, anyways, follow us, like, subscribe, all those good things. Thank you for listening.